Hello, and welcome back to the Functional Spirituality Podcast. I'm your host, Ava Arani, and it's so lovely to be back here recording some ear honey for you. It's been a while. And the topic today is gratitude for resilience. So gratitude is a popular topic in personal development, mental health. Um, And the reason I wanted to talk about it today is because for how powerful it is compared to how easy it is to do, there's something really significant to be said about it. So we're going to unpack a lot of the different attributes of gratitude practice and especially gratitude for resilience. And I think it's a really rich consideration there. Um, I want us to understand how gratitude works, why it's powerful, um, because I believe it can also help us to strengthen our understanding of other spiritual practices we're doing. If we start to look at how it is really working on us, you know, taking something that can be abstract, you know, it's an emotion, it's an energy often it's spoken about in that way. Um, But how can we just unpack it a little bit, understand how it's working on us as individuals, as a collective, on our mental health, on our biochemistry, um, how it affects our experience in this life, you know, some pretty big questions and it can be nice to just break them down. And through doing that, we're going to get a better understanding um, of how our other spiritual practices work and also how to strengthen them. Um, You know, one thing that I'm always talking about is how with a spiritual practice, um, because so often we do get effects You know, we do experience effects when we do a spiritual practice. We um, are so excited and so happy that we've received an effect. Uh, We get that confirmation that we're doing it right, that we belong here, that we understand. And then we fail to really question how it works and, you know, what are the long-term implications of this effect and what are our long-term intentions, what do we really want from these practices, and is it going to help us, or are these practices going to help us towards that goal eventually? As human beings, we are not so instinctually drawn to consider the long-term effects of actions and practices that we do. Um, We do kind of take things more on their their short-term benefits and short-term effects. Um, so a functional approach is one that really has that deeper strategic mindset behind it. You know, what are we working towards? Is this really going to give us that benefit, um, you know, so that we don't end up with our days and weeks and our life passing us by without um, really fulfilling ourselves in a deep and meaningful way. And there's so much to be said about that. Because of course, I'm very much interested in questioning, well, why do we need to fill to fulfill ourselves in a deep and meaningful way? 
that should also be a legitimate question, but we're not going to get into that right now. So, you know, gratitude has been praised as a worthy emotion for us to cultivate since the beginning of time. You know, it's the pillar of religions, um, of different philosophical systems. It's the focus of clinical, psychological, and and scientific inquiries. It's the um, focus of psychological, philosophical inquiries, and definitely of the social sciences, you know, there's a big question, why, um, why do we practice gratitude? Where did that tendency come from? And of course, it's not just about appearing well-mannered. It's not just for a superficial aim. It's deeply biologically and socially hardwired into our being, um, to be grateful and to show appreciation, to show that form of respect to others, it strengthens our social bonds and creates um, meaningful and beneficial connection that is actually really important for our survival. And, you know, I I think um, right away when I thought about this topic, I did sit with a sense of discomfort inside myself, you know, around gratitude, it's not always um, the deep practice that I'm and the meaningful practice that I want to outline for us today. You know, sometimes I've seen that overly thankful person, um, which can be uncomfortable to see someone expressing gratitude in that kind of in that leaky way, it's just spraying everywhere, the overly thankful person, and it feels um, superficial and doesn't have that same meaning. Um, And then, of course, you know, we have that archetype or that um, image of the very ungrateful person or the really bratty child um, that's totally ungrateful. So there's expressions of this quality on either end of the spectrum, which I sat with as well that, you know, caused myself to feel uncomfortable in my psychology and in my biology, considering those types of people as well. And I wanted to speak particularly, I mean, gratitude has been covered in so many ways and um, especially in a yoga meditation and self-development spiritual context. Um, about cultivating the energy of gratitude and um, allowing that sense of expansion, positive emotion and peace to kind of fill our body. Um, And sometimes it's even explained um, further than just that effect being the aim. Um, But I wanted to speak more specifically just to give, you know, a bit of a richness to the conversation. I wanted to speak about gratitude for resilience. Um, So resilience has been a topic that has been alive and waking up for me um, over the past few years, in particular, as I have gone through a very, um, you know, for myself, very interesting journey with emotional resilience, um, trauma, overwhelm, and um, the shadow of my own personality and my own psychology, which I think a lot of spiritual teachers definitely go through um, 
and struggle with many times on their journey, but very often will um, will meet a spiritual teacher 20 years, 20 years on or even 20 years after some of those really, really dark periods. Um, and we don't actually get to ride those waves with them and they're, they're not communicating about their experience or they don't have to communicate about that experience while they're going through it. And it happens, can happen very much in private. And then they, um, you know, come out of that phase and many years later they, they share their spiritual teaching and it has a depth. I'm thinking about Adi Ashanti at the moment, you know, and they're, their teachings, but there's so many, and he does speak about it. And their teachings have a depth um, from from going through that dark night of the soul one, two, three times, and each time it being even darker and pulling out even more um, poison. But then the teachings aren't specifically about how to deal with those times, and you don't get to really witness that process. So it seems a little bit detached and we, um, you know, I feel like the spiritual conversation lacks that and the teachings nowadays as beautiful as they are, they can sometimes lack um, the darkness and the realness and the vulnerability um, of what it's like to, to, to have a voice and to lead a community and to share and support people with certain teachings the way that I do. Um, without actually being in that process and witnessing that process and then describing that process. And um, so this process of going through really, really dark emotions and dark periods and purifications, and we miss out on how they did it and um, the nuances of the path that they take to overcome that. And it's not really about overcoming and it's just about going through it and maybe normalizing that experience. So emotional resilience has become really interesting to me um, right now more than ever, because now retrospectively, I can see that over the past few years, going through that darkness was actually cultivating emotional resilience and it wasn't something that I set out to do but was the resilience now that I can feel is now an effect and an outcome of going through a really dark period um, experiencing it fully being willing to be present and um, of course doing spiritual practice alongside of it then also tweaking the spiritual practice as I went on. So not just doing my normal spiritual practice every day, but keeping it continuously adapting um, in the face of the really challenging, overwhelming, dark, hideous, toxic kind of emotional states that were coming up um, and out of me and sometimes lingering for, for a long time and months even. So now going through that process, I can see that that contributes to resilience. Um, but that's not all that resilience is. 
And maybe you as a listener of this show already have a a strong definition and a notion of what emotional resilience means to you. Um, But basically, it's our ability to adapt to and, and to endure overwhelming, difficult emotions and overwhelming and difficult information and stimuli. So when our body receives information from the world and from our experience, however it's perceived through the senses and however it's conceived and experienced through the mind and through the body, there will there's a certain load of input. Like you've got to consider that your body, um, and when I say your body, I'm including your mind because your mind lives inside your body. Um, so your body is is a system. You know, it's a um, machine, a biological machine. It's a, a system which has a certain capacity. It doesn't have your physical body, depending on its conditioning, depending on its genes um, and its biology, there's only a certain amount of load, of information load. There's only a certain load of input that your system can receive and process. Um, you know, there's a, there's a capacity that you have for information and with the complexity of this human system, there's, we also have to consider that there's a certain load that we are able to process of information in terms of emotional information as well. Um, so resilience is really referring to that load of emotional experience along with whatever we're perceiving. Um, so our ability to endure the overwhelming and difficult emotions and experiences that we go through is is our resilience. And this is something that we can and and we need to develop in our world, not because it's the most terrible it's ever been. Absolutely not. You know, there have been times, periods in history that have been way more difficult, way more difficult to endure. Um, but Nowadays, what it what is increasing more than any other period in history is the sheer amount of information. So um, just because certain circumstances aren't as difficult as they may have been in history in the past, in our history, um, it's the amount of difficult situations, that we may be exposed to on a daily basis that is starting to, you know, it it can very much overload our system and um, create a lot of toxicity inside the bodies and inside the collective that we contribute to. So more than ever, it's really important to consider resilience and how can we cultivate emotional resilience? Because it's definitely not about closing ourselves off from the experience of this world. There's nothing wrong with the world. There's nothing wrong with the world experiencing the difficulties and the challenges that we're facing in the world today. 
as a global community and as an individual, there's nothing wrong with the challenges. We've always experienced challenges as a as a community and as an individual. So it's not really about, um, you know, demonizing the difficulty and the challenges that we're facing, um, but more about cultivating our own capacity to allow the world to be as it is, to accept the world, to be willing to meet it, to be willing to be present. Because, of course, the challenges aren't going to go away and we don't want to have to um, guard ourselves against the world. You know, we, we speak a lot in spirituality about the armor that we create naturally as a protective mechanism to protect ourselves from um, whatever it is that we're fearful from. So we don't want to have to limit ourselves from experiencing this world. Um, I mean, that is my recommendation and tends to be the recommendation of, of spirituality historically and nowadays as well, that avoiding the world isn't the healthiest response. It's It can definitely be a healthy temporary response to avoid a challenging situation if we don't have the capacity to deal with it in its entirety in that moment. Avoidance is a totally reasonable um, mechanism and, and coping technique. But to continuously and increasingly avoid the world and avoid the information and the stimulus that's coming at us isn't healthy in the long term and more than it not being healthy for the body um, as I'm not really feeling it's not coming to mind right now what the legitimate and scientific reason it is why it's unhealthy at the moment it's not really just about it being unhealthy it's more about it's not supportive for our higher aspirations so our higher aspirations tend to be ones of feeling connected um, feeling useful and meaningful, being available and present, being willing and leaning in and being committed, not by forcing ourselves, but by those being effortless. You know, it seems like our our highest aspirations is for an effortless, meaningful connection and involvement involvement with the people and the world around us. And if that feels relevant to you as, as something that you aspire for, then you're also going to want to develop your resilience and your capacity to be present. Um, and that's where you need to put your effort into practices and, you know, uh, techniques and spirituality that builds your resilience so that the involvement and presence and availability is effortless. You know, people are always asking, how do I do presence? Presence is an effect of the resilience that you develop. So into the resilience is where you need to put in the daily effort and the discipline and the commitment to practice and the commitment to, to deepen that skill and to develop that quality of your system. And then presence and love and connection and um, all of those relational 
qualities that we really wish we had, those happen in a more effortless way. So I'm going to end this here now just for the first part of this series, just so that you can pause here and take a few deeper breaths, see where that sits with you. If you're driving, then of course, you know, keep your eyes open and, and just have a moment in silence to contemplate that. And if you've got your um, notes there in a journal, then feel free to just take a few moments to write down um, anything that has been has come up as consideration for you or has been meaningful from this first part. And I'll see you in part two as we dive a little bit more into how gratitude contributes to this emotional resilience. Thanks so much for listening. Mm-hmm.